A reading from St Paul's letter to the Philippians. If you have any courage from being united with Christ, if, in, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if in tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not, on own, not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. The reading is from Matthew chapter 21, verses 23 to 27, and can be found on page 989 of the Church Bibles. Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked, and who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I will also ask you one question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or of human origin? They discussed it among themselves and said, If we say from heaven, he will ask, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the people, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. Then he said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. This is the gospel of the Lord. Have a seat and Pads will come and talk to us. Has any oh, has anyone ever given you authority? I'm sure they have at some point in your lives. And I wonder how you exercised it. In our gospel passage, the authority of Jesus is questioned by the religious leaders in the temple in Jerusalem. They're understandably nervous of him because the previous day 
He had arrived at the temple, overturned the tables of the money changers, declared them a den of robbers, and then driven them unceremoniously from the temple courts. They were disturbed by his behaviour, but also cautious because he had a lot of followers. And the one thing they didn't want to do was to get into trouble themselves, particularly with the Roman authorities. And so they challenged him, and they asked him by what authority he was doing such things. Well, in my experience, questioning someone's authority can be fraught with danger. I remember a time when I was, uh, after my company had moved us back from South Africa to England, and I'd been traveling on business in Europe for several weeks, and I'd racked up a good amount of expenses on the road, and, and I submitted my expense form and had it signed off by my boss, who was the president of MeasureX Europe, and, um, but the expense claim bounced back from our director of finance, and it had some items crossed off it, which meant I wouldn't get paid the full amount of my expenses. And being a little naive in those days, and overconfident of the fact that the president himself had signed off my expenses, I walked into the office of the director of finance and demanded that he reinstate all the expenses that I'd claimed, because, after all, they had been signed off by his boss as well. This was a grave error, because our director of finance's face turned absolutely thunderous, and he said to me, I am the finance director of this company, not just a rubber stamp. Those, except that he used a few other words that I can't repeat as well. <laughs> the bottom line was, I had to retreat from his office and swallow humble pie. Now, in the case of the religious leaders and Jesus, the outcome is exactly the same, although the discussion is a little more subtle. Jesus knows that if he tells the truth and says that he has the authority of God, the religious teachers will try and have him stoned for blasphemy. And so he turns the table on them, and he catches them out by turning the question around to them. John the Baptist's ministry at the River Jordan had made him a national celebrity, even gaining the attention of the ruler, Herod. And so Jesus asks the religious teachers, by whose authority was John the Baptist baptizing? Was it God's or just on his own authority? And they don't know how to answer. They can't say God's because they had rejected John's teaching themselves. But they're afraid to say that it was only man-made because of the many people who followed John who might rebel against them. And so, a bit like me before the finance director, they retreat with a slice of humble pie. Questioning someone's authority is always fraught with danger. So where did Jesus' authority come from? How could a man have the authority of God? Well, that question is beautifully answered in our first reading, in Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, our first passage that we heard. Paul describes exactly where Jesus' authority comes from in a beautiful poem which begins at verse 6 and ends in verse 11. The context is Paul's call to unity and loving relationships within the church family. And in verses 1 to 4... He implores them to be grateful for the difference that Jesus has made in their lives. I borrowed the translation from the Message Bible, which I think puts it perfectly. It says, 
If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made the slightest difference in your life, then do me a favour, agree with each other, love each other, put yourself to one side and help others to get ahead. Now, at first, this might seem like a strange approach to the subject of authority, but then he writes or quotes this extraordinary poem in verses 6 to 11. It's like an early creed, and in fact, it is offered as an alternative creed in the Liturgy of Common Worship. And Paul introduces it in verse 5, saying that the Philippian Christians should, in their relationships with one another, have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. And notice how Paul describes Jesus' authority. Firstly, in verse 6, he says that he is, in very nature, God. There's the answer. Jesus is God. He is equal to God. Secondly, however, Jesus doesn't regard his position as something to take advantage of. He actually set aside this privileged position and became human and then lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death in order that you and I could be saved from our sins. And it was the worst kind of death, crucifixion. That's how far God humbled himself for us. That's how much he loves us. And thirdly, as a result of the way that he humbled himself in order to bring salvation to the world, verse 9 tells us that God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's staggering. This was and is so subversive. In a world where authority was based on military might, in which the only person you were supposed to call Lord was Caesar in Rome, to worship Jesus as God, whose authority had come through the ultimate action of humility, death on a cross, was and is mind-blowing. For us, it means that Christian living and leadership is the opposite of the world's understanding. For us, it's all about having the same attitude as Jesus, lowering ourselves, serving others, putting others first, laying our lives down in order that God gets all the glory. It's highly countercultural, and it doesn't come naturally to all of us. But although it is countercultural. I think it makes perfect sense if you think about it. Because the more that I see a person who is fully submitted to God, the more inclined I am to follow them and to come under their authority. I know that when I was in business that I received promotion because the company could see, once I'd got over the expenses fiasco, that I was just as happy to receive authority as I was to exercise authority. And this is why discipleship is so important. As we lower ourselves to sit at the feet of Jesus and bring ourselves under his authority, 
the outcome will be that that same self-giving love that he showed to us, we will show to one another. And that brings unity. And as Jesus says in John chapter 17, when that happens, the world will believe. Amen.